to Alyssa Explains It All. Today we are joined by producer Matt. Hello, producer Matt. Hello. Alyssa, I've got something that I want to bring up. Yes, tell me. So I think that there's something big that happened that we've been waiting for for quite a while. After 20 years, there's finally a second season of Clone High on HBO Max. (laughs) But also... Your sister got engaged. Oh my God. <laughs> like... Yes, she did. And I'm so excited for her. This has been actually something in the works for a while. And Matt knows this because um, I was recording, I think, intros. Yeah. And I got a FaceTime from her now fiance, boyfriend at the time. And I was like, that's weird. He doesn't call me normally. And so I was like, I. I wonder if this is like, is he, what is, what's happening? Is this like, an, well, he, I don't know if I said twice. it. You said, oh, yeah. he's trying to, he's trying to call me. I'll, I'll get it later. And then it was like five minutes later, he tried to call again. And you're like, I think I need to handle this. And I said, do you think he's about to propose or something? And you said, I'll yeah. let you know. <laughs> and then literally five minutes later, I was like, you are right. That's what he's doing. <laughs> and that was like, that was weeks ago. And I mean, maybe even might have been a it few months, months ago. Months now. ago. I wanna say I wanna say we're talking like maybe the week or two after I visited when we recorded the Scream episode. Yeah, so it was like March, I think. Yeah. So- That's crazy. So yeah, we've been sitting on this for months, <laughs> me and Matt. And, <laughs> and we did all of these sneaky things like we had my sister try on rings and then we were taking like pictures of them so that we could send it to her fiance, David. And we, um, we like planned this, the day that he was going to do the actual proposal, we planned a party at our house and we had to like do everything so secretly. My sister is the kind of person who will check people's locations, like just to like see what we're up to. Like she's not trying to like, she's not trying to actively stalk anybody, but sometimes I'll just get a text from her and she's like, why are you at Michael's? And I'm like, what the? <laughs> She's lonely. Just let her know what you're doing. <laughs> so I I was so nervous because anytime we would go and do these things, I had to come up with like an alibi or an alibi or I had to come up with an ulterior motive, um, yeah. motive for us being there. And so like the day, the day before all this was happening, my mom and I went to Michael's, we went to Party City, we went to Costco, and we just kept making up um, fake things that we were doing there in case my sister did check our location. I love that you have to come up with, the, like, this is, you know what, Danielle, I know you're listening, so I'm going to call this out. <laughs> this is the strain you put on your loved ones, is that <laughs> is that they don't even... They don't have to worry about if I get caught. It's a it's a matter of when I get caught, when, what is my yeah. excuse gonna be? <laughs> so she knows. <laughs> and it's actually it like so when David had uh dinner with my parents to like, you know, officially ask to kind of give them the whole lowdown that he was actually like this was this was happening, she was checking 
she checked his location also like that day. And so she sent a screenshot of David and my parents, like their little circles in the same spot to all of them and said, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Daniel, you're creepy. I like Danielle <laughs> until I heard this story. <laughs> But she's doing it in the most because in her mind, like no one's hiding anything from her and no one's lying. So she's just like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid to bother anybody on a Friday checking in on what they're doing. And she's just like scoping out her spyware to see where everybody's (laughs) hanging. Exactly. Next time you're at my house, if you happen to see a little blinking light under your under your tire, yeah. ignore it. It's my sister tracking you. Yeah, she just wants to make sure I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but despite all of that, she was so surprised when the actual proposal happened that when when David got down on a knee to actually like do the proposal, she just started going, no, 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 no. <laughs> And David was like, please um, stop saying no. (laughs) (laughs) And she was, she had no idea. Like earlier that day, she, she thought the plan was she was going to go to brunch with her old roommate and the roommate was not actually coming, but that was just a way to get her like dressed up and to save the time. Yeah. And so she called us, she FaceTimed us earlier that day and it's me and my mom hiding in the living room because the rest of the house is decorated talking to her and we're like so what are you doing today she's like oh i'm just going to brunch and then i'm going to clean up the apartment and we were like oh okay that sounds nice like literally not a clue so it's very rare that you're able to surprise danielle and we all collectively did it and especially david because he had to be around her (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, trying to do this. And I, I you knew this because I had no clue it was going to be that early of an engagement. In my mind, engagements oh, yeah. happen at nighttime. So I'm just like <laughs> texting you like podcast work or whatever. And then I hop onto Instagram and I see like that two yeah. hours ago you were already posting the like she's engaged shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I think I sent you a text. I was like, you do not. Nor should you respond to me today. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, you know what? It's funny because I I totally understand that it would seem like a nighttime thing, but it depends on how you do it. Because if you're doing it outside and you want to get pictures, it has to be a little bit of daylight. And he did it like at noon. (laughs) Well, how was the part? So I because I was at your house a week before. Yeah. And there was definitely like a, these people got to stay here. These people got to stay. Everything runs smoothly. Everything goes smoothly at the house. Everything, everything went smoothly. And it was actually like very um, seamless. Like I'm actually surprised at how smoothly it all went. Um, And she was, she was so surprised. And when she walked in, it was, she was immediately like crying and David's family was also at the house. And so it was nice to just have his family and our family and us all together in one room. And my mom said too, there was just like so much love in the room that it was like, it was emotional to just be there. And she's the first of my first cousins and the first of like my siblings to get engaged so she's the first one and it was like like my grandma was crying because yeah. she was like oh my god it's my first grandchild getting married and of course nana is you know i just hope i get to see you actually get married and i'm like oh my god <laughs> this woman is planning <laughs> she's planning her grand exit out of this world at any moment in time 
She's fine. You know what, Alyssa? It sounds to me, anyway, that the engagement went swimmingly. (gasps) I would say it definitely went swimmingly, and there were no dark waters the entire day. We have a guest on the podcast that is so cool. He has such an amazing background, and I think once you all are introduced to his world, you will also become extremely invested and um, obsessed with all of it. We have a merman on the show, Merman Christian, aka Chris, and he is so interesting. He also has worked at Medieval Times, which if you've been a fan of the pod for a while, you know that I went to Medieval Times for my birthday last year, so that was also very exciting. He also is a big horror movie buff, so sort of a trifecta of interests that have made him one of the most interesting people that we've talked to on the podcast. And on top of all of that, I think his life and his lifestyle are literally the perfect example that if you love something enough, you can absolutely do it for the rest of your life. And I think that that is so cool. And um, I really appreciate him coming on the podcast. So please enjoy Merman Christian. Hello, Merman. Chris, I am so excited to talk to you today. Well, it is it is my absolute pleasure to be here with you today. I I literally just got out of the pool, so why not make it uh why not really go for it? <laughs> I I love it. I was looking around your website and all your pictures and your videos. So you are a professional merman, an aquatic performer, and you also are an actor, horror movie buff, producer. Like I, I also I heard a little whisper that you might work at Medieval Times occasionally. Yeah, you true? know that's that's kind of my um my re- my regular big kid job. So yeah, that's, that I've been there for about. I just got my 15 year award at our at our Christmas party. Oh my god. What is a medieval times Christmas party like? Well, we uh, this year we actually had it downtown in Annapolis. So we have a uh, we actually have a new GM and he's really great and he busted out all the stops for this this year and obviously we're all kind of coming back to regular life after a few years mm-hmm. of COVID. So and it's been uh, it was it was great. I mean, it's 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 formal. It's basically like going to prom. Oh, you're, you're I love old that. To drink though. <laughs> i okay so medieval times has a very special place in my heart because i went there last year for my birthday for the very first time turning 29 and when i went my friends and i were were there for a campy experience regardless i was i was i got the you're not knighted as a as a woman you're like whatever you got like the queen did her thing and I got the picture and it was very exciting. We were screaming. And then I thought to myself, this must be a place where like, I would imagine on Friday and Saturday nights, there has to be an adult crowd who goes and gets drunk and rowdy. Uh, yeah. You know, that it, it, yeah. That's usually how it, how it works. Um, we also, right now we're in the middle of our tour and travel season. So we actually have a lot of school groups that are, that are coming in. Cause what they'll do is they'll go, they'll visit Washington DC and then they'll come up our way. And we're kind of like the last stop. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. That is so much fun. What do you do at medieval times? I am in the show. I am the Lord chancellor in the story. Oh. So. <laughs> I, I love it. I had such a good experience. I was so excited that you worked there. That's yeah. so cool. 
But more importantly, I feel like I feel like your merman experience is kind of like correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems to be like your main sort of like passion. Well, how do you, you know? Would it, you agree? I've it kind of came into my life at at a low point. Uh, now I've been I've been in the film and television business since I was um, like in my my start in my twenties and. Mm -hmm. Um, since 2006. And I mean, I, I was a child actor and then I, I did drama in high school and everything, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was around 2011 and I was sort of at like a, a low point in my acting career. And I was, I was kind of looking for something new, like a new branch to add to that tree. And I've always, I live on the Chesapeake Bay, so I've always grown up with the water and Splash was one of my favorite, well, it still is one of my favorite movies uh, mm -hmm. growing up. And I remember my parents taking me to see The Little Mermaid when it first came out. Um, I was five mm -hmm. years old. I I somewhat remember it. I do remember losing my favorite toy in the in the theater, but... Um, no, <laughs> traumatic experience. Yeah. <laughs> But um, and I just I randomly was on YouTube and I looked I just randomly I think I was watching like some sort of like ocean documentary or something and I in like the and uh, the thumbnails there was a a mermaid and I clicked on it and it was this beautiful woman swimming in like a a sequin tail but she was swimming out in the open ocean with humpback whales and everything and wow. I was like what wait what is this. So I, I started doing some research and that's when I discovered that there was this whole community of people that did this. And some of them were mm -hmm. professionally doing it. And some of them were just, you know, hobbyists and everything. And I was just like, what, what, wait, this was, this is a thing. And I, yeah. um, <laughs> every summer I would go through a pair of swim fins. Like it was a pair of shoes. Like I would wear them out every <laughs> year. Like I, cause I wanted fins. I always wanted fins growing up. So and um, well, upon finding this mermaid community, one thing I noticed, and I've said this story for the past 10 years because I'm I'm celebrating my 10-year anniversary this year. So um, and one thing I noticed at the time was that there really weren't hardly any mermen. And I mean, there were a few out there, you know, that were that did some photo shoots or that they were sort of like a like a side piece. Um, yeah. at like an event with mermaids and everything, but none of them were out there doing really what I thought that these more, I guess you could call them like A-list mermaids were right. doing. Like none of the guys were doing what these women, these incredible brave women were doing. And I was like, okay, well, um, I, I have this background in film and television, I, but I also have a huge background in oceanography and marine bio. So I, I took a chance and I decided, I was like, all right, I'm going to get as much info as I can. And I'm going to do my best to, I want to be that guy. Like I want to be yeah. that icon. I want to be that role model and just basically like really show the world that like, Hey, you know, this is a, this is a female dominated business, but men can be a part of this too, or, or however you identify, you know, sure and you, you just don't be afraid to do it. Like, don't be afraid to, yeah. if this makes you so happy, then go for it. Just do it. And I, I wanted to do my best to provide a safe space for other people. Um, yeah. And um, here, was... here we are uh, 10 years later, and <laughs> I'm regarded as one of the first professional mermen in the United States now. So there, there you go. That is 
so cool. That is so cool. And I think it's really beautiful that you've you've looked at this industry that it's so interesting because even just like going back to when you had first seen that people were actually doing this, that must have felt like a little kid dream come true. Cause I'm I'm 29 and it feels like a little kid dream come true to see yeah, people it, it really actually is. doing this. It really was. Oh, it's it's magical. And then to be able to step into that space and say, like, no, 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 everyone has room here. Everyone has a place here is like is so amazing. So everyone can kind of like have a little piece of that magic. And I'm sure that that's been like such a huge deal to anyone who's wanted to get involved and see like, oh, there's totally room for me here. I, I, I will say over the past decade of doing this for a decade, the one of the greatest payoffs for me, and it still is, is when I get messages from people, you know, all over the world and they, they say like, hey, I saw you on ABC or I saw you in this magazine and I follow your... I follow your account or I watch, you know, the show that you co-host Merman Mondays and, mm-hmm. you know, you've given me so much inspiration and you're part of the reason why I want to get into this, into the mermaiding business. And I've had that so much over the past decade and that's still the greatest payoff of all. Just the fact that, you know, what I do has made an impact on somebody and hopefully given them a, a confidence boost and help them yeah. get over get over some challenges that they may have had within themselves. So that's yeah. that's that's yeah. the biggest reward for me. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I was watching earlier today um the Mer People docuseries on Netflix. Yes. For do you know if you actually made it into the into the series? Um, yet? I I have my my personal thoughts on this documentary. Um first of all, I'm gonna set the I'm gonna say this right here. I was never approached for it. Wow. And I I I know that uh the company that I represent um they were not approached for it. So uh, I have my thoughts, but No I, way. Yeah, no. I that yeah. <laughs> so I'm only one episode in and my two big takeaways from this is that it seems the industry seems more exclusive than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Like it's Again, like I said, for an industry that's like about being magical and sort of like um, an escape from reality and like that's sort of like I think what it means to the people consuming it. Right. It seems like on the like in the inside of all of it, it's super um, not like clicky, but really exclusive. And I'm sure part of that is because there's not it's not like there's um, a million job opportunities for something like that. But I'm surprised that they didn't include you. In any of this, I do. I so do know that I pop up in episode four as part of. I was a part okay. of a mer a mer wedding. Um. Oh gosh, that was in twenty fifteen, and yeah, I was one of. I was a part of the wedding, so I did get a couple messages this morning, and one a friend of mine she said that I did pop up in there. I mean, other other than that, like that's really my only involvement with it. Yeah, like I said, I was never contacted for this or anything, and so it's it's a little disheartening. But you know, I'm I am happy for some of my mer friends that are that do appear in it because I do know that they're going to do a great job representing this business. And so the best the best I can do instead of sitting around being sour grapes about it is <laughs> just be a supportive of of them them and my person my and my friend circle in the business so and i i I do have some really great people that i know in this business and that are true true leaders and they're so well 
well gifted in their craft and everything and they're just mm -hmm. they're just some of the most kindest people so but i will yeah. say this community does have some, have a little bit of a dark some dark water in it <laughs> some dark some water. dark water yeah i mean i mean that's really with any big community that you have but i mean at the end of the day look we all cosplay as fish <laughs> you know it does not have to be world war three Right, and right, I, yeah, yeah of I've seen some truly wonderful things in this business over 10 years, and I've also seen some truly horrible things, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, those are those are kind of my thoughts on this documentary. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm trying to focus more on just um, The Little Mermaid coming out Friday and <sighs> just. Are you so excited? I am very excited. <laughs> I'm really excited to see um, Javier be King Triton, so. <laughs> Do they actually, are they actually, I don't know if it was CGI or if they're actually like swimming with, with the tails and everything. Um, they did both. For this. They did both. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. And even like, again, it was cool because it gave me some background on what, even in like that one, I watched like an episode and a half. It gave me some background into like the kind of strength that is required and the training that is required. Yes. And like how it's actually quite dangerous it it can be and and you know i i know that i i express my thoughts my personal thoughts about the documentary but i will say you know i don't want i don't want people like there's going to be people that see this documentary and they're going to want to become merfolk and join this community mm -hmm. and you know don't let that stop you at all like come on in you like we we are a very welcoming community and you know i will swim with anybody and um yeah. And, um, but yeah, no, there, there is a lot of, I mean, it really, there is different levels of training that does go into this. I mean, for when I, when I get approached for someone that wants to be part of this and I first instruct them, like, you know, first of all, please, um, invest in a monofin, start mm -hmm. there and just get yourself used to swimming in that dolphin like motion, because, you know, we're not really meant to swim that way. <laughs> Um, right, right. but it's totally achievable and just get yourself used to that and then get yourself a fabric tail next and work your way like if you want to get a sil a big bad silicone tail you know they are very pricey but they are absolutely beautiful and the most realistic out there and but mm -hmm. just work your way up because i've seen so many people just kind of be kids in candy stores jump yeah. in right away and they they get a silicone tail and the next thing you know it's up on ebay a few days later because they can't swim in it because they didn't they didn't prepare themselves enough so yeah yeah, yeah. and those silicone tails like i assume the mer taylor kind of style of tail mm -hmm. is what you're kind of referring to they're like for for anybody who hasn't seen them yet they are like works of art and they're also thousands of dollars thousands yes. of I, the company that i represent um is which they were not mentioned in the documentary but uh they are who researched for this whoever did research for this documentary really should be held responsible because it seems like they did a really bad job they um the company i represent is finfolk productions they are one of the okay. top the top tail making companies in the business hands down they've been around for over a decade now and um it's a female owned business run by two sisters and they I've literally sat back and watched them build this from the ground up. And let me tell you their silicone tails. I mean, I like seeing silicone tails from every single tail maker in the business. And I have seen so mm -hmm. many, but, um, 
Um, I just, there's something just about the way the Finn folk tales look. I just, I can't really put my finger on it. It's just, it's, they're just so ethereal looking, I want to say. And that's why I migrated to Finn folk and, and decided I wanted to be an ambassador for them. I love course, that. I love that I've known them for a long time. I, I was never an ambassador, but they made my first true silicone tail and that tail is actually celebrating its eight year anniversary this year wow yeah. i just did a little google and i'm looking at their tails and they're gorgeous like i i'm not a strong swimmer so in no way shape or form could i ever do any of this kind <laughs> well maybe i could but it would take like a tremendous effort but i will say they are neutrally buoyant in the water like you, it may weigh 35 yeah. pounds on land but as soon as you get into the water like it's it's easy peasy that is so, so cool. and but I so, I like um I just I love seeing each tail maker each tail making company like see they all bring something very different to the table so you can look at mm -hmm. you can look at this tail and be like oh that's a that's a mer tailor tail oh that's mm -hmm. a fin folk oh that's a mer nation tail that you know it's yeah everybody has their own unique thing that they bring when it comes to tail construction so I mean there's a lot of options so anybody that wants to join you guys definitely have some great options out there. That is so cool. So when you saw that that YouTube video and you're like, oh my God, this is this is something that I can actually take part in. And you started to kind of like gather your information. How were your your friends, your family, whatever your support system is or was, how did they react to you wanting to join this kind of a hobby? Were they excited or were they like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually I have been, I've had a very good support system around me. I mean, everybody that, anybody that knows me knows how obsessed I am with the ocean and everything. So they were, you know, once I told them I wanted to do this, they were like, you know what, go for it. Just, just do it. And and, you know, now I have, you know, now I have friends that, you know, they'll tell other people, they'll be like, oh, well, I know a merman or, oh, one of my best friends is a merman. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You're the party trick for everybody. <laughs> I actually had a couple people come into Medieval Times and recognize me oh my God. as Merman Christian. It was, it, it's only happened twice in there, but still like that, that just made my day. That is so cool. That is so, so cool. Um, So... What was the next thing I was going to say? It was something about the, um, oh, so where did you get your inspiration for, for like, was there any one specific person or one specific act that you felt like was, was sort of your entryway or a style that you wanted to take on? Or did you kind of like make it up all your well, own? Well, I, um, I've always been, I've always identified with tropical water and coral reefs mm -hmm. and everything. And like, and, and just all of the colorful tropical fish. And I was, that's one thing I did know that going into this, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a tropical merman. I don't want to be just yeah. the standard silver tail or blue tail or everything i mean nothing there's nothing wrong with that at all but i i wanted to do something that stood out something i could call my own mm -hmm. and um going in i that's i i designed a tropical tail but i also grew up obviously i grew up with splash so i knew i wanted to have the splash fluke shape on it that daryl mm -hmm. hannah has and also um that real flowy like feathery dorsal fin that she's got that's been yeah. a great mark of mine since day one and so those it. were elements that I, I knew I wanted to incorporate in there. 
I love that. I love that. And so you were saying before that you also have a marine biology background. I did take a lot of classes in school and, and everything. And I actually got my diving yeah. certification a couple years ago on my birthday. Ooh. So you're you're so good in the water. That's like that's amazing. Did you grow up in a family that was also like super into the ocean, super into the water, or was were you kind of the pioneer of this? I was kind of the pioneer because <laughs> Um, um, my grandpa, he, he was the one that taught me how to swim and he would just be in the pool with me for hours and just teaching me and, and everything. So yeah, I, I definitely am, am the pioneer for that in my family. A lot, actually, my family's background is, is a lot of, uh, musicians. So oh, wow. yeah, that's very uh, my, cool. Yeah. My family's originally from, um, Virginia and Tennessee and Kentucky, like just that, just that general area down there. And, um, mm -hmm. they grew, um, they, they grew up not far from where Loretta Lynn grew up. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's so music's always been in my family. So I'm kind of the oddball out <laughs> I'm yeah. the actor and I'm the, the big merman and everything. So yeah, that's, I would not have it any other way though. I love that. And I think there is sort of a tie in between like the whole music industry and wanting to be in entertainment. Mm -hmm. And it kind of strikes me as like, um, and you, you said that you've done like drama in high school yeah. too, that like drama kid, um, almost like trope is sort of like, it feels like it just carries through for people. Like I also was a drama, drama, uh, kid when I was in high school, a little bit of middle school too. And we just are built different. We have to do everything in a very yeah. different way. <laughs> And that, that personality care, I feel like people who were, who were drama school kids were like, you could spot them across the room and be like, they did theater. I know it. I could tell. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in there. It's, it's in our blood. And <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Um, so Little Mermaid is coming out on Friday. Yes. What were your thoughts when you saw that Little Mermaid was coming out? How did you feel? You must have been like, oh, my God, it's happening. Oh, absolutely. I was <laughs> I was ecstatic. And, you know, I mean, I know the live action Disney movies are kind of like hit or miss. Yeah. Get more misses than hits. But <laughs> uh, but when I when I heard when they first announced they were going to do the Little Mermaid, I was like, oh, my God, how are they going to do this? But yeah. then I thought about it. I was like, wait. Aquaman is coming out soon. So I'm mm -hmm. thinking they're going to wait and see what they do with that underwater, like talking underwater and all that stuff. I feel they're going to wait and see how that does and what they do with the technology for that. And then they're going to proceed with the little mermaid. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. You spotted it a mile away. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'd like to think I did. Well, you have a, the perfect combination of the water experience, the acting experience, and sort of like the production experience too. So I actually, it makes sense that you mapped out the entire plan. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm excited for Little Mermaid too. I'm I'm excited that it's been, it's been cast the way that it has. Everyone seems to be really excited watching kids react to seeing like a live action Little Mermaid. Again, it feels like I would imagine a similar feeling to when you saw that YouTube video for the first time or when I was like researching yeah. earlier today. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this is real. It's like so magical and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that this is becoming like a kind of even more mainstream part of people's experience, especially for kids. Like if I saw that as a kid, it would be game over. I would be like, I'm getting my fins. I'm getting in the pool. It would have been a very different situation swimming wise for me. I think if I knew that this was real, it's very cool. Yeah. I'm just, I'm prepared for the onslaught of people that are about to come into this business. So, and yeah. I, 
we um my co-host um jacob and i on our show merman mondays we um that's one thing that we did cover recently and basically we basically kind of said to everybody like hey you know if you are part of this community please we're gonna get a lot of new people after this movie comes out and just be educators for them welcome them but make sure make sure you you guide them in a way like the pro like a good safe way to be in this community and everything yeah. so because we don't want to have we don't want to have accidents and people <laughs> drowning and yeah 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 i'm sure they're not really gonna make us look bad <laughs> right right and it's it's nice that you're taking it as an opportunity to kind of show some camaraderie in the people who want to um engage in this whole community mm -hmm and welcome them in with open arms i think that's really really special and very cool and i i'm interested to see what that looks like in, in the next couple of years when people start picking up on on this as a hobby it's interesting too because it seems like for people who are professional mermaids the opportunities that you have are like really kind of unique but also pretty like hard to find so how do you find your like professional merman gigs and what are those like you know it's really been a mixed bag i keep saying you know but <laughs> that's <laughs> part don't. of the question like i mean I, you don't know <laughs> not fully um but um it's really been a mixed bag over the past mm -hmm. 10 years i've i've most sometimes i will accompany some mermaids or i will be asked to be a special guest somewhere or I did have um, my own mermaid team, uh, former, formerly the Maryland Mermaids, and um, we, we did a lot of gigs here locally for a few years, and um, you know it was, it was a great time. And I had a wonderful team. Uh, one of our one of our mermaids used to be a mermaid at Ripley's Aquarium in Myrtle Beach. Ooh, that's and, very um, cool. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's really just been a just been a mixed bag. I've I've done a little dabbled in a little bit of everything and um I'm always forever grateful of anybody that recommends me for someone or I know I um one of my favorite things I ever did was I got asked to perform at this really, really posh VIP corporate party out in Phoenix, Arizona for one day. Wow. One, I mean, it was like a legit party. Like they had a red carpet, they had a champagne tower, they had ice sculptures, they had five bars around the pool, they had a, a clear light up dance floor over the half of the pool. And oh my goodness, um, yeah. So and it was a gold party. So they hired uh myself and two other mermaids because we had like orange gold tails. So mm -hmm. I remember they flew me out there. I live in Maryland, so they flew me out there for one day. And I slept for a few hours in the hotel that night after the party was over. And then I flew back home early in the morning. So I was oh. there and back in less than 24 hours. <laughs> so, I'm, ti I'm tired hearing about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I just remember floating in that pool, like on my back, just staring up at like the sky and thinking like, man, this is awesome. This is, yeah. this is what like, I've been This is my for. life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I have a feeling after The Little Mermaid comes out, people are going to start having themed parties. Like adults are going to start having themed parties. Oh, absolutely. Where absolutely. You guys are going to be everywhere. And there's something I think that would be really kind of like mysterious and sexy and cool to have any sort of party where there's people who are in tanks as mer people i would i would yeah. love that that would be like you're really um, selling it has fantasy. been done it's definitely been done plenty of times before yeah it's so um weird. 
but no, I agree. I think it's, we're definitely going to see more of an onslaught of, of more of that. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. I think it's so fun. <laughs> and I, I love any sort of, um, really subversive experience like that. Like really take me away from reality in every way, shape and yes. form. I love yes. that. I love that's that. That's how I, that's how I am when I get, when I, even on a, like a swim day, just a regular mm -hmm. swim day at the pool. Like as soon as I go under, I just tune out and yeah. just look into the sounds of like the, the water flow and the pool and everything. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's great. It's so beautiful. Well, that is one of your many passions. And one of your other passions is horror movies. And that's actually how we came to know each other because producer Matt knows you through all of his horror convention thingies. Yes. So tell me about how you got into the horror space and like what that experience has been like for you. Gosh, you know, it's, there I go with, you know, <laughs> the habit I'm trying to break. But I actually do know because I'm a big horror movie fan myself. <laughs> so I do know. <laughs> I've always been, well, growing up, I, I was really not allowed to watch horror movies for a long time because I used to sleepwalk and I would have a little bit of like a minor bit of like night terrors. Oh, so my mom, I come from a single parent household and my mom was just very protective of me with that. And she eventually, when I was around like eight years, like seven or eight years old, she started like slowly easing me into there because, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I want to watch this scary movie that nobody's allowed to watch. And I want to be one of the cool kids and everything. Yeah. So she slowly <laughs> eased me in. Like she started me on all the classic universal monster movies and love it. like the blob and <laughs> And then, um, that then right around when I was nine years old, I I remember that there used to be this horror channel on the the good old UPN channel from back in the day. Okay. Um, and they had um, they would always do creature feature during it was it was always on a Saturday, and that's when I first saw the original Halloween at nine that's years sad. old so and i just remember and i saw see i got i got lucky because i saw halloween one and two back to back which is i think how you should watch them anyway mm -hmm. if you know you know <laughs> um <laughs> that one I, just, I do know again <laughs> yeah i just remember seeing that and just being so terrified of michael myers like i had nightmares about him and mm -hmm everything and then after a while i was like well i want to see the other ones too yeah <laughs> yeah you're like i need to complete the story now <laughs> right so like i remember just going and running halloween four and five and then um when i was 11 this is showing my age here in 1995 that's when halloween six came out the curse mm -hmm. of michael myers so i remember my my mom taking me and my friends to go see it opening weekend and and you know that was my first Halloween theatrical Halloween experience, and I will die on this hill. You can say whatever you want about Halloween <laughs> Six. I it is still my one of my absolute favorite sequels in the franchise. It is right up there, right on par with Halloween Two. So I I need to do a full like watch through of all of them because I I know I've seen one and two, and then I saw the most recent one. I can't remember what they like some ridiculous title now but and then all of God, the ones yeah, between I, yeah like i i need to like i need to watch from beginning to end it's it's on my bucket list this year i think yeah well I, yeah i i will say when once you get to six give it watch the theatrical cut and i'm sorry okay. nothing against my buddy daniel ferens he's a great guy but um i i cannot stand the producer's cut and i just think it's i just think really? it's a, i think it's boring 
Like all Michael Myers does is go around in that movie and stab people. Like we're on the sixth movie. I mean, I get it that it gets a little crazy in the theatrical with the exploding head and everything. Cause there's no way that would happen, but it's, yeah. <laughs> I will say, I mean, when I watch the producer's cut, I feel it's like a T like if Halloween, if they made a new Halloween, but as a TV movie, mm-hmm. that's just the tone I get from it. And I, like, I prefer the theatrical cut and I just think it's way more exciting. It's way more eye candy. And also it does a far better job of really making Michael Myers be one of the scariest versions of him in this mm-hmm. entire franchise. Like he is so terrifying in six. And like, if I saw Halloween six, Michael Myers coming at me, like you better believe I'm going to get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that that's a, an important distinction to make because especially if you are someone who's well seasoned in horror movies and then you go back and watch like the first Halloween movie, especially I've rewatched a lot of the first of franchise movies. And like, I think honestly, since the pandemic and it's so funny because they're, I'm so desensitized to them now that they're at, like the first Halloween is a comfort movie for me. Yeah. It's like cozy and comfy and I don't feel scared of that man at it's, all. It's, so. uh, it's, it's familiar to you because yeah. you know, I think that's why it resonates with so many people. It's because like we've all we've all lived in that neighborhood. We've all we know people like Laurie Strode. We mm-hmm. we've babysat at one point in our life. And, you know, we and we you know, it's that sense of, oh, there's no danger here. But and that's what's brilliant about the first Halloween is that literally you are following two people around for the entire movie and you get to see it from both single aspects and mm-hmm. the fact that he stalks her all day like we're watching him stalk her all day mm-hmm. and then when how Hall- when the sun goes down and it's halloween night that's when he lays down his scare right so yeah that's cool i didn't think about it that way that you are you're watching him stalk her all day yeah because he, he's following her while she's like come, walking home from school mm-hmm. and yeah wild i i love that movie again a comfort (laughs) movie i love it and it's cool that your mom was taking you through this whole like horror movie journey my my parents were not watching anything scary at all like last year i watched the tim burton sleepy hollow tim burton sleepy hollow movie with johnny depp and my dad one of my favorites i i love it but i don't consider that to be a horror movie do you consider that to be a horror movie I feel like it's more like gothic horror. Like there's yeah. I mean, there's so many sh- different sub sub genres in horror, but yeah, I can cons- I consider most Tim Burton movies like gothic horror. Like they're kind of their own thing. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it, it's like you have you have the the elements of horror and what what make up horror, but you also have a little splash of dark comedy in there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think Sleepy Hollow is one of his most underrated movies. Like you don't really hear people talk about Sleepy Hollow. It's a beautiful movie. Like oh, the, the imagery, the imagery is is perfect in it. And like that's another movie that is a comfort movie for me. And I watch mm-hmm. it. I'm like 30 minutes from silly from Sleepy Hollow. And so we took I took Matt, producer Matt there last week, and it was really fun. And so we were walking around and seeing all the fun Sleepy Hollow oh, things so up there. Awesome. Yeah. And so I was watching it last year, and my dad came and sat down to watch it with me. And he said, Is this a scary movie? And I said, no, not really. I was like, it's a Tim Burton movie. Like, it's, you know, it's like creepy, but it's not scary. And mm-hmm. the, literally the title credit started. And he went, you told me this wasn't a scary movie. Ah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, my. So it's very cool that your mom was 
enough of a, a fan or even just a, trying to support your interests mm-hmm. and took you to actually go see them. Was she a horror movie fan herself? Um, she actually does like them. I, I know she likes them a little bit more now because of me, but um, she yeah. was actually the one that introduced me to the first Evil Dead. Oh, because that's one of that's one of her favorites. And she told me, I think I had just I think I just seen Dawn of the Dead. And mm-hmm. I remember she was like, no, honey, you need to watch this movie like this. Yeah. this and I I love the first Evil Dead so much. Like I will. I know I'm going to horror hell for saying this, but I honestly don't. <laughs> I don't care for Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. I'm not saying yeah. they're bad movies at all. Don't get me wrong on that. Um, but I just, I've tried to really like them and get into them, but I think it's just that they're just, they're too goofy for me, my mm. personal taste. Like what I love the first one because it's, it's an indie movie. It's dark, it's gritty, it's cheap, but it's, yeah. it's scary as hell. So yeah. I'm just, and that's, that's what I like. And I think that's why I liked the 2013 one a lot and i like i loved evil dead rise so i would mm-hmm. never rank i normally don't rank a franchise film so high after one viewing but mm-hmm. i might put rise as my next favorite one behind uh the original i think the 2013 evil dead is one of my favorite modern horror movies of all time like mm. also most of the most i think if not all it can't be all but most of the um special effects in that movie are practical effects yeah which is which is so cool. Like, sorry for anybody who's listening to this and is not a horror movie person, but there's a part where an arm is getting sawed off. And for the life of me, I, yeah. I've watched it a million times. I'm like, how are they doing this? Yeah, it just yeah, can't great. be. But it's, it's very, very cool. And I think that that's, that's part of the reason I love horror movies is sort of like the mystery behind how they're doing it. And yeah. I also am not one of the people who watches a horror movie and like from the start is like, I know how this ends. I, no, no, no. I want to, I want to live the fantasy. I want to be on the roller coaster, baby. I don't want to pick it apart until right. I get to the very end. And then you reveal it to me, you know? Um, do, do you have friends or anybody around you that is not a horror movie fan? And you've had to explain to them many times why you like them. <laughs> I've had a couple, <laughs> I've had a couple people that are, you know, they're like, Oh, they're just, they're too scary. They scare me and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, look, Anybody that's new to the horror genre, I always start them. I I I call it my segue movie, and I will introduce them to Scream. Yes. So this, I have a very funny story about Scream being a a segue entry uh, movie. My boyfriend is scared of all scary movies. He has he had tried to be a trooper and be like, I'm going to try and watch it because you like it. So we had we had Matt come up to my house, and this was this was the plan. He got so drunk out of fear that I don't think he remembers a, a single thing from that movie. And I was like, Scream? <laughs> really? And I just kept saying, I, Scream is almost a comedy. Like, And Matt just kept saying, well, it's not. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say it's like a comedy. And I was like, I mean, you know, it is a good entryway segue movie because it has such huge pop culture yeah. relevance. It's that like, like, watch it for the references alone. And it's got, it's just got a little bit of everything. It's got a, a really yeah. fun killer. It's got... Drew Barrymore? A, it's got Drew Barrymore and one of the most iconic horror openings of all time. 
Yeah. And it's still to this day, it still scares me. Like even after as many times as I've seen Scream, like I used to watch Scream almost every day when I would get home from middle school. And <laughs> I love it. And just still to this day, I introduced my a friend of mine to the Scream franchise recently before Scream Six came out. And I just rem- and we were on a Zoom call like a like we did a zoom about it and i just remember just sitting back and just wa- i wanted to watch his reaction mm. to leading up to that line when ghostface says you know because i want to know who i'm looking at yes and i oh. just i just sat back in silence and You're waited like... for his reaction for that and <laughs> it was the reaction that i was hoping for so i love it i love <laughs> it so and you have you're involved with something called fuzzy monkey films tell me more about yes, that and the two I, projects um, we have. i got involved with fuzzy monkey uh 10 years ago now actually kind of around the same time i started in the uh the mermaid business um, I had been out of out of acting for a few years, and I was kind of looking to kind of come back to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad Twig, he's the uh, the director and founder of it, and everything. He he actually contacted me, and he was like, "Hey, I'm shooting this movie, and I've heard a lot of great things about you through the grapevine from other other local indie ma- filmmakers." And he was like, "I have a part." if you would like to do it it's a, it's a minor role it's only one day of shooting and um he's like i i'd like to uh work with you and i i got the script i and then i went in there and we shot and then i remember just the very next day i got a message from him and he was like i'm really impressed and really happy with everything you did and he was like i definitely want you for my next film that's awesome and the rest is history i <laughs> uh we just we just wrapped on shooting um Crackoon, mm-hmm. which obviously is in um in the vein of uh cocaine bear sure yes <laughs> it's gonna be it is gonna be something we just um he just showed all of us cast a rough cut of the of the trailer which the trailer is going to debut on the 30th of this month so uh-huh. so yeah it's it's gonna be a wild ride and um ironically my character in that that was the first time i had done a role uh, since playing um, the ringmaster in Shriek Show, so it had been about mm-hmm. three years because of obviously COVID. So, is there something that feels tangibly different about when you're working on a set for something that's a horror versus like any sort of acting experience that you might have? You know, I've done so many films over the past. Gosh, I'm I'm a couple years away from the big twenty in the film business. And um, I've done I've done mostly horror, but I've done some other projects as well. And honestly, to me, I horror you have to elevate yourself to like a whole different kind of level. Mm. (laughs) I mean, to me, it's just it's really just being really in tune with your emotions and just that ability to tap out and just kind of leave your skin behind and jump into this new person that you're portraying in this in this movie. Yeah. I, I think even when I when I sort of take a step back and look at all of the really amazing things that you involve yourself with, it seems like you have a really um, huge strength in just kind of adapting into all of these different characters. Like even I think oh, thank even you. Thank you. I, it seems like like even in the merman experience, like you're you're transforming yourself into like there's you Chris and then there's merman Christian and like that it feels like that's a character in and of itself too <laughs> yeah kind of yeah I will say though late lately um over the past couple of years especially since I've been doing uh merman Mondays I've I've kind of 
who I am as a person and versus Merman Christian, it's kind of like sort of molding They're together me. now. <laughs> You're yeah. seeing a lot more of me, who I am in Merman Christian now. And so, I mean, I mean, so far, you know, everybody's been yeah. uh, cool, cool about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a really nice thing when you can, you can weave your actual self into things that your people may not be really expecting that to be the real you and then for people to embrace you anyway that's a really great feeling so I'm sure that that was very exciting absolutely yeah well I mean this has been so interesting I've had such a great time learning about you you have so many interesting facets to your life and I just I'm so intrigued by you (laughs) thank you thank you I really appreciate that I, I mean it through and through. And so we didn't really talk about like dating and relationship stuff on this episode today. However, I ask everyone who comes on my podcast, if they have any dating and relationship advice, um, that they feel like really stuck with them. So if you have any of that to share by all means, however, you have chosen all these different like hobbies and career paths that really, I think show more that you've found ways to embrace who you are and the things that you enjoy and love. And so even just advice around that, I think would be amazing. Any words of wisdom, really? I'm just going to get crazy and I'm going to give you both. Oh, I love it. Get, go nuts. (laughs) So I want to say like when it comes to, when it comes, one thing I've learned over the years with relationships and dating and everything, and it's just, and especially over, over the past recent years it's really don't hide who you are just just be you be yourself don't feel that you have to walk on eggshells to impress somebody because if you're if you're doing that and you have to not be your best self or feel comfortable as you around somebody then that's not the person that you should be with or wasting your time with because if they're not willing to accept you and be interested in who you are as an individual then they're not the one Mm-hmm. so I love there, that. yeah that's that's what I have for that um and then as far as just you know the other one it's just yeah I mean it kind of goes on par with that just be yourself and um be always try to be the best version of yourself and you know even mm-hmm. if it if you even if you feel that it's going to take you forever to get there but just do it you know you're you're it's never too late to completely start over if that's what you need to do just for that mental health boost and everything and like i mean don't uh, you know unfortunately in our society it's like you know we've we've had the seeds planted for so long that it's like you have to do this by this age you have to this is the course of your life you have to provide and everything i mean if you want to have a family and provide for them you know that there's not you know that's what you want to do there's nothing wrong with that but if you want to go out and just go on adventures all the time and i understand life can't always be an adventure every day but mm-hmm. at least you know if you want to travel go travel if you're unhappy with your with your job you can start over you can get another one and to one that makes you that makes you happier and it's and really at the end of the day that's what it boils down to just being happy and being the things that are going to make you happy i mean over the past several years our society especially here in the states has been just utter chaos and this this increasingly rise of hate mm-hmm. has consumed the majority of this country and i remember i was having lunch with a friend last week and we were discussing like what what happened after the events of 9 11 let's like you saw the entire country 
setting opinions and politics all aside, mm-hmm. everybody came together and united. And it's just like, why, where, what happened to this? Where did this go? Yeah. And I mean, I, I have a feeling I, the reasons of why this is going on right now, but I'm not going to get into all that. I think that that's beautiful advice. And I think that there is a lot of of lessons there. Again, I fully agree with restarting your life whenever you want. A timeline doesn't really exist, obviously, like biologically and whatever, like sure. But timelines are completely made up. They are social constructs. You can hard reset your life at any moment in time. And at the end of the day, like, don't you want to have a joyful life? a joyful life where you can be at medieval times and also a merman and also an actor. That right. sounds, that sounds beautiful. Like you're doing all of these things that you love. And I think that that's, that's the way to be. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. And uh, like I said, I'm so fascinated by you. Oh, where can everybody find you? Oh my gosh. Well, you can, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram under merman underscore Christian. Um, I have a link to my IMDb page on, on my bio. So just click on that and you can see every movie and appearance that I've been in. Um, I have a lot of my work recently uploaded on Tubi now. I know my, my biggest role I've done a uh, shriek show that that's on there now. That's starting to get a little bit of a following. Thank God. Um, uh, <laughs> I have a couple things on YouTube, which, um, going back to, I mean, you can find a lot of my, uh, a lot of my merman stuff on YouTube. Um, I know I did a couple segments for um, ABC and Insider and CNN. Those are all on YouTube, and and um, I do have a professional merman website that it's. I'm currently reworking it right now, and I did have links to all of those videos on there at the time. So, but uh, yeah, just uh, find me, find me on Instagram for the moment, and um, like I said, my IMDb page is on there, and uh, yeah, just. Uh, just follow me. I'm always posting. I, I mix it up now. I, I post a little horror and then I put in, in, in intertwined with the merman stuff. So I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. I, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. As a reminder, we are always accepting questions about sex ed, about relationships, life advice. We will accept it all. We would love to hear from you. So send us an email to alyssaexplainsitallpod at gmail.com.